pretty inspiring, isn't it? To know Jake is uh, to love Jake, even though he thinks pretty highly of himself, evidently. Um, the living legend that he is. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in Jake's story, it reveals to us this tremendous need for, for really all of us to reach out and to help these vulnerable children, whether they're local or they're around the world. Um, and it also reveals that, that there are folks out there um, like Cheryl and, and like Ken Duvall who um, have this desire, have a heart for folks like Jake and his situation. And, and one of the neat things here at Orchard Hills, we have a lot of folks here that have been adopted. So we have a lot of adopted folks. And then we have a lot of people who have um, adopted children or have fostered children of their own. And I think they would all tell you it's not something easy. It's not as glamorous as some of the, the movies that you see out there. Not everybody is, is uh, super appreciative when they're adopted. And, and there's a process. There's a lot of trauma that has to be dealt with. It, it's, it's something that really requires um, an incredible commitment and a lot of humility. Um, I know just personally in my own experience, it's revealed to me just how much I need Jesus. Like, I, I desperately need Jesus' forgiveness. I need his mercy. I need his grace. I need the Holy Spirit to cleanse me, to change me, to guide me, to direct me, because I, I'm a flawed man. And um, adopting or fostering a child will reveal just how flawed you are. Trust me in this. You may think you're a good parent. If you have biological children, go adopt somebody or foster somebody. You're going to see it's not you that's so good, all right? So that's just my experience. Now, I believe um, Jake's story resonates with us um, because it's our story. Maybe not exactly like Jake's, but each and every one of us is vulnerable. We're all vulnerable at one degree or another. We're all vulnerable, and we're all need, in need of adoption. Now, that may be a physical need. You need to be adopted into a family. But even if that's not your story, we all need to be adopted into God's family because God has no natural-born children. God has no natural-born children. To be a member of God's family, you have to be adopted into it. You have to be adopted into God's family. Um, God explains this to us in, in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. This is how it works. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you're no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you're his child, God has made you his heir. See, this is our story. It's all of our story. We are born into slavery, into slavery to sin. And no matter how hard we try to be perfect, no, how, no matter how hard we try to please God, we can't be, because we're in this abusive relationship with sin. And so we are desperate. We are vulnerable. We're in need of saving. 
And in God the Father's mercy, he sent Jesus' Son to earth to purchase our freedom. And he did that by dying in our place, so that through faith in him, we might have the opportunity to become adopted children of God. And, and when that happens, when you receive this gift of faith in Jesus Christ, then his spirit, as it says here, comes and lives within you. And, and that's really the seal. That's, that's how you know you're an adopted child of God, because you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. You are always his. He is always there. And it's a beautiful thing. You can't go from being adopted to being unadopted. It doesn't work that way. Once you are adopted, you are forever adopted. And there's great security in that for each and every one of us. But God doesn't have any naturally born children. It's only children through adoption. And so that is our story. And so if you have committed your life to, to following Jesus Christ, you are an adopted child of God. If you have his spirit within you, you are an adopted child of God. And guess what? You can now call him Abba, which means daddy. Imagine calling God the Father, daddy. He is now your da daddy because you are a child of God, just like we were singing earlier. Now, when you become a child of God, you're adopted into his family. You also become an heir of his, right? So everything that God has is yours as well. But, but beyond the stuff, if you will, you receive his nature as well, his attributes. And, and so um, the things that are important to God become important to you. The things that break God's heart break your heart. What compelled God the Father to send Jesus the Son to purchase your freedom and to adopt you into the family compels you, compels you to go and rescue others as well. That's our story. See, it's not so much about what you receive. It's about who you become as a child of God. And receiving that new nature and those new attributes it's not always something that you feel. It's just something that you are and something that you do. And so I'll share with you just honestly part of my own story. So I don't, honestly, I don't sit around longing for some more foster kids or adopted kids. All right, that's not my nature. I don't sit around thinking, boy, I just wish I had a few more kids. Like, I'm pretty content, let me just tell you. So we have fostered 14 children over the time that we've been um, married, Carolyn and I, and we've adopted three. And so when I look around, I'm thinking, I feel like we've done our part, right? Like, like that's pretty good, you know, compared to most people. Like, we, we've, we've been engaged here. And uh, I'm, again, very content. But here's the thing, like my nature has changed. What breaks God's heart now, believe it or not, um, it breaks my heart. And so I get a text last Thursday morning from Carolyn, and I'm on my way to, to drop Sam and Craig off at school. And, and here's the text. It's, uh, hey, Scott, are, are you open to uh, an emergency placement of a young boy? Pray quickly. <clears throat> that's how 
That's how we roll in our family. It's like, you know, some of you all say, you know, let me pray about it, and it takes forever. No, like that. So anyhow, God will answer you that quickly. So I turn to, to Sam and Craig, and I go, guys, what do, you, what do you think? Should we do it? And they're like, absolutely. So I text back, you know, my long-winded answer, sure. So now I'm waiting. Well, it, it turns out that we don't end up getting this, this little boy. But, but the thing that I, I want you to hear specifically about Sam and Craig was their immediate response was absolutely. Absolutely. See, those two little boys, they know what it is to be adopted physically into our family. And, and they know what it is to be adopted spiritually into God's family. And so when there is a need presented to them, their immediate response is, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Now, just as Jake shared, I don't think all of us are called to foster and adopt, okay? But I think a lot more of us are called to foster and adopt than are doing it. I think a lot more of us are called to do it than are currently doing it, all right? Um, and even if, if you're not called to that, I believe we're all called to do something, to do something to help vulnerable children and ultimately their families as well. And so we have this ministry that we're a part of called Care Portal. And I want you to uh, understand how, how that works and how you might fit into that. So I've asked Shelly and Brent Hudson to come up, and they're going to share a little bit. While they're coming, I'll get them a nice comfy chair. Might want to lock that down. You can sit in that one. Or it won't, won't be quite so comfy. Let me just stand, because I'm that kind of guy, sacrificing my own comfort for yours. <laughs> but the, um, Shelly, tell us a little bit. So, beginning with you, <laughs> you think? Faith. Yeah, yours faith. isn't exactly uh, buckled down there, but uh, just pray. So, pray quickly. Shelly, tell us a little bit about Care Portal. What, what is Care Portal? Yeah, so Care Portal is a um, platform that... Uh, like Scott said, it brings the needs of uh, vulnerable children um, to our like awareness. Like we get to see what those needs are. Um, it's uh, an email platform that social workers use um, to make us aware as the church what those needs are. All right. And so then, how does that work specifically? Okay. So specifically, the way it would work is like I said through email. Um, so what happens is a social worker um, uncovers a need um, in a child's life and um, puts that on Care Portal, and that goes out to any local church that is a part of the Care Portal network, and then we are able to respond to that need. Awesome. So, so how, this has been two years, is that right? I think so. Mm -hmm. So we've been engaged in this for two years. What are some ways that we've been able to respond and, and fill some of these needs? So um, there's a bunch of stories. Uh, so if I, if I start going too long, you just tell me. Um, we have actually, we've had a couple of families in our, um, our own, you know, church family that we've been able to help. Um, there was um, an instance where a foster child um, needed a plane ticket to go see some biological family. 
we were able to financially help with that. Um, we had a new foster family that had just taken their first placement that needed an extra car seat. We were able to um, provide that. We've done um, gas cards um, for um, a mom. I know one gas card was for a mom to visit her child um, in the NICU um, that was you know, placed somewhere else. That was um, a cool thing. One delivery that Brent and I got to go on together was a single father that needed a crib, a crib, a toddler bed, and a high chair before his next court date in order to be able to um, have visitation with his daughter. So every need has a, um, like, there's a, res uh, like a response to it, like there's a reason for it. It's either to um, potentially keep the child out of going into foster care. Um, it's to support uh, maybe a kinship placement, uh, grandparents um, that, you know, have taken on their, you know, extra responsibility of kids. So you can do, um, you know, grocery cards, gas cards, extra beds are huge. Um, especially, you know, you think just like your emergency placement, you just said, well, maybe you don't have an extra bed for that child, um, they can put that out on Care Portal and put that it's, you know, an urgent response and, you know, we could respond with, you know, a bed. And then, boom, that child has a safe place to stay. So there's, I mean, been a lot. Of, there was one lady that, um, a single mom that needed two mattresses um, for her kids in order to, for them to stay in her home. And Brent helped me haul those up lots of stairs. Um, so that he's was, like the mule. He's my mule. Yes, he was, He's so always saying, "Shelly, grab the other end of this." So yeah, it was that was a really cool thing. And then um, while we were there, that mom heard the grass in her yard was was very tall, and so we were even able to connect her with another gentleman that um, his his family was being served by Care Portal, but he was wanting to start his own lawnmower business. So you know we connected them and um, it's we've even done like some big financial requests so there was one just recently where a family the mom needed car repairs in order to be able to um, you know visit with her kids and be able to um, keep her job which is you know you have important and being able to, you know, um, have her kids come back home. And we partnered with another church to do that. And what I think is so cool is that it goes across denominations. So it's not just a denomination. It is literally the church being the church. Everybody coming together, one big church, to help um, these kids. Because um, we have, I think, more kids in foster care in Roanoke than any other place. So, I mean, it's huge. It's just, and those are just some cool stories that... Our church, just the small little dent we've been able to do. Yeah, so I think you shared a slide with me. Yes. I think we have that. Here's some different ways. So just in the Roanoke Valley in the last couple of years, so um, there have been 959 requests made for some help out there. Uh, almost 2,100 children have been served, and the economic impacts over $900,000. Just our little church here, we've been able to meet a dozen of those, and, and they do it by geography, so um, we're, we're focused on more of the, the children and the families that are clo in close proximity to our church, and I'll explain to you, um, or Brent may too, um, why that's important. Serve 50 children, and, and a little over $27,000 have been given out in the last couple of years, so um, 
there's some great needs, but it's fun to see how we can play a part in that and be, like you said, the church. Like all the, the representations of the one church are coming together to meet the needs of these vulnerable children and their families. Brent, maybe you can share why this is, is important to you, your family, and, and what's led to you guys getting involved. Yeah, thank, thanks, Scott. So as many of you may or may not know, we have, I'll tell you the end before I tell you the beginning, we have two daughters. Um, our first is Hallie. She's 19. She's a sophomore at JMU, and Hallie's our biological daughter. And then we have Rachel, who many of you may have seen here at church um, in the pink wheelchair. And Rachel was in foster care, and we fostered her and later adopted her. But now the interesting part about how we got there was really how God worked in our lives to do it. And, you know, if I take you back to 2003 after Hallie was born, Shelly wanted to have more children, and I did not. And I realized later today, as I'm a little more mature in life, that that was selfish of me. But what I didn't realize is how God was going to use that in such a huge way. And if you fast forward 10 years, we were, had relocated here from Tennessee, um, if you wondered where the accent was from. And so I'm driving down 81, headed home one night, and this radio commercial comes on about foster care in Virginia. And this commercial is really just quick stats, you know, the number of children in foster care, the number of children available for adoption, the number of children that age out each year. And for some reason, I, I heard this commercial. I'm sure it had come on many times before. I just heard it differently that night. And I begin to recognize like 15 minutes later, I'm still thinking about it. And then I get home that night and it's on my mind. I, I go to bed, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking about it. And, so the next day I start praying. I'm like, God, you know, what's, what's the deal here? Like, why is this just stuck on my mind? And I start realizing that God is telling me that this is something that we need to be involved in. And once I realize that, I start trying to squash it, right? Like, God, this is not me. You've got the wrong person. Um, something's wrong. Scott's been preaching about quenching the spirit. I was fire hosing the spirit. <laughs> and it just, it, it wouldn't go away. I, I could not escape that commercial. And I know that sounds strange. I could not escape it. I would go into a restaurant and I would hear it. I'd walk into a place of business and the radio would be on and I would hear that commercial. I'd get in the car and I would hear it. And the more I prayed about it, it became very obvious that God was saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. So after days of wrestling with this, I told Shelly one night, I said, hey, I said, there's something I need to tell you. And she said, oh, no, are we moving again? And I said, no, we're not moving. It's totally different. I said, you know, I told her about the commercial, and I said, I'm confident that God is telling us to adopt, and not only just to adopt, but specifically from the foster care system. And Shelly's tiny, but she's really strong. So I wanted to make sure that I was out of striking distance. I wasn't sure how she would react. And her first words were, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> and then her second word was, yes, absolutely, yes. And Shelly went on to tell me that she said, you know, for over 10 years now, I have been praying that God would change your heart, change your mind. And if this is how he's going to do it, let's do it. And I think back on that, you know, every time I look at Rachel, I think, man, you know, I can't imagine her not being a part of our lives, a part of our family. 
and I think about the fact that I tried to squash it. I tried to put that fire out, and I'm thankful that God didn't allow that to happen. That's great. I mean, that is a great story. How about, how's that tie into the care portal stuff and what makes you be the mule and hauling stuff around all the time? Well, you know, one thing about foster children that we learned in the training is that they come with nothing, right? When a foster child shows up, they have nothing. And if you, and, and oftentimes the parents, they're working hard to reclaim their children or to, to, to get them back into their home and they just maybe don't have the means to do it. And it's usually just such simple things. Like Shelly mentioned, I mean, those are the commons, right? The mattresses, the beds, the car seats, the high chairs. I mean, these are things that the parents have to have or it could be another family that's willing to say yes in a moment's notice like Scott mentioned the other day, but there's certain things. Maybe they don't have clothes to wear to school tomorrow or something as simple as a toothbrush and it's just a quick and fast way to support them. And if you get involved in that network, you realize real quick that it's huge. Like it is just such a massive amount of children. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I, I'd never, really before we got involved in it, I, I just kind of thought it was something you see on an occasional Hallmark movie. I didn't know it was just this massive amount of children right here in the town and the communities that we live in. Yeah. So Shelly, maybe tell us, how, how can we get involved with Care Portal and support you? Because um, you guys have been doing a lot of the, the heavy lifting, so to speak, and, and uh, you need some help. What are some things that you need help with, and how can we all help you out? So I know um, there's four different ways you can get involved. Um, one big one would be delivery team. So if you have a truck, um, we need you. So um, that's a big thing um, is to be um, on a delivery team, be willing to go into these homes, go and meet people um, to take whatever um, you know, we've responded with. Um, that's one way. Um, another way uh, would be um, response teams. So response teams um, is where you would sign up to receive that email. Um, you would uh, respond, hey, we can do that. We can provide a gas card. We can provide a high chair. We can go shopping for um, a kiddo. Um, and one way that could look like the response teams, um, that can even be your life group. So you could pick out someone from your life group um, or your whole life group if you wanted to, to be um, on that. And what I think would be really cool um, would be you could say, hey, we're going to respond in the month of December. That's going to be our response month as a life group. And so we would look on there, find a need for you guys to meet. You could, as a team, go support that family. And then, you know, as your life group, you could, you could stay in contact with that family and support. Because that's what it's about is relationships. Showing, you know, building relationships with those families. It's not just about dropping a mattress on the door, peace, and taking off. You know, you really, we want to come around these families and love on them. So that's two ways, delivery team, response team. Um, and in that response team, I would love to have a core group of people. So it's not just, you know, a couple of eyes on these responses, but, you know, um, organization, administration are not my spiritual gifts. Okay. And so I would love to have someone to come along that that maybe is your spiritual gift or your gift and you love to organize and delegate and that type of thing so that we can really get some good wheels on this. And then, um, of course, financial. So I love that you said, you know, foster care and adoption, it may not be for everybody, 
But in Care Portal, there literally is a place for everybody. So you can support it financially. Um, you know, you can make a one-time gift. We've been very blessed with um, some people um, who have already given to that ministry that we've basically been using that money to, to do it. So whoever you are, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and then also, of course, prayer. You can also, every request that goes out has a button that says to pray. And, you know, how cool would that be to know that, um, you know, you've got a delivery team going, you've got people going into this um, home to serve this family, but you've also got people um, praying over that family and over your words and ministry and, and all that. So four different ways. So delivery team, response team, you can give financially or you can pray. So Awesome. And so you're going to be out in the foyer right afterwards, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So you guys can see her, sign up, get some more information if you would like. Let's give it up for the Hudson's. You know, one of the, the things that I love about Care Portal, it's, it's just such an easy way for us to get involved and serve vulnerable children, but not only vulnerable children, but their families as well. And while we can provide much needed stuff or money, it's really about the relationship. The ultimate goal is that we would build relationship with some of these needy folks in our community, and then we would invite them into our church family, into our community, with the ultimate goal that they would become adopted children of God. That's our ultimate goal. So we want to do whatever we can to come together to meet those needs ultimately with a desire for them to know God the Father to the point that they can call him Abba or Daddy. You know, I think there's just two questions that remain for each and every one of us, and, and they're very simple and straightforward. The first one is this, are you a child of God? Are you an adopted child of God? Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you received his spirit? Are you a child of God? And if not, why not? What's keeping you from that? And if you're not sure if you're a child of God, then just, just ask. If you want to be, just, just tell them. Jesus, I, I, I want to have faith in you. Give me that faith. Holy Spirit, I want to know that you are present in my life, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Come, adopt me. Adopt me into your family. It's that simple. And then, then second, what are you doing in maybe physical ways or spiritual ways to help vulnerable children? Whether they're in your local context, we got folks watching from really all parts of the world. So whether that um, is in your native country or it's somewhere beyond that, what are you doing to love, support, encourage physically and spiritually vulnerable children and their families? So let's pray. Dear God, thanks so much for... Um, this opportunity to hear from Jake and a little bit of his story and how encouraging that is. Thanks for allowing us to hear from Brent and Shelley and, and just um, the wonderful thing that you've done in their lives with Rachel and, and Hallie and, and just opening all their hearts up to this and um, the way that you've used them in, in the ministry of Care Portal too. And we thank you that you've um, got something for all of us in, in this. So we do pray that you would be speaking to us. Maybe it's through a, through a commercial that uh, is on the radio or on TV. I, I, I know you speak in, in many different ways to get our attention. So we pray that we would be open 
that we would be open, that you would open up our hearts, that what breaks your heart would break ours. What's important to you would be important to us. While, while you saw the need to rescue us, that that would be our desire to help rescue others as well. I pray now for the next few minutes and, and beyond that you would just speak to us in a loud, clear voice. We ask it all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.